0: This is the Puppy Liberation Army podcast. It's our first episode. It's a little rough part, it, but It might be a bit <laughs> shitty. But it's the best we could do, okay?
1: <laughs> we tried. We have ADHD. We're
0: puppies. Well, I'm a puppy. My name is Haley. My pronouns are she and her. My puppy pronoun is they.
1: And with me... I'm Rain. Uh, they them pronouns please. I'm personally not poppy, but I am a big supporter of poppy and bimbo rights.
0: It's the ethos of our podcast. Yeah, it's
1: it's central to my anarchy. Yes.
0: And it should be central to yours. <laughs> Enjoy our podcast. Like, they said the nineties was the end of history because we'd reached, you know, like the point at which human society had kind of become its perfect point and nothing better could happen but now <laughs> yeah. we've reached the actual end of history it's like
1: the most liberal shit ever just being like yeah humanity's never gonna get any better while there's like you know a 10 percent unemployment rate and there's a shitload of like poor people running away from the cops every day to survive and stuff like that like yeah, that's not francis as a fuck but <laughs> but now it's the, the end of society but now
0: it's the actual end of history yeah where All of those historical norms, which have been, like, eroding and falling apart and collapsing and disappearing into the void, are dying of coronavirus. Yeah,
1: well, hopefully the bankers and the giant... uh oil tycoons and stuff for the people dying from coronavirus and that's how this ends well we've got harvey weinstein but i don't i don't want to celebrate like the spreading of the virus but hey if it we takes can, out some shit people along the way i will celebrate their deaths we can
0: celebrate
1: like the victims yeah you notice how we I,
0: celebrate the victims of communism we can celebrate yeah, I, the victims I mean, of coronavirus i, I
1: can sell yeah i can celebrate some of the shitty victims like harvey weinstein but i don't like the idea of being like oh coronavirus is going to yeah. cure humanity by killing us all or anything oh, it's like i don't believe that shit i, don't <laughs> I was over people. at
0: my parents the other day and they're talking about yes yeah, is the. i guess you could say
1: it's a, a cleansing of the world couldn't you it's yeah like... it's like oh that is the scary shit when people start like thinking along those lines it's like know, how... they've just given up on humanity like...
0: it was kind of fortuitous how i was in footscray the other day and all these signs for population control now yeah, yeah
1: shit that that stuff is starting to i mean this is like what people are talking about with ecofash being a big yeah, thing coming i think up. that's it's like well it wasn't even eco it was too much congestion
0: on the roads how about killing 10 percent of the population of I the mean, world that is
1: literally ecofascism that's like solving all of your problems with the climate just by wiping people out and oh yeah like,
0: so rand paul the libertarian senator One who's always going on about a constitution. Did he he get coronavirus? He's got coronavirus. He's the first person, at least in the Senate, maybe even in the entire federal government. To have coronavirus?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I'll be very sad if like Bernie catches it, but if it means the rest of the U.S. Senate all catches it, I'm not gonna be too disappointed.
0: Well, he was in yeah. Mitch McConnell's <laughs> office, I'm pretty sure, like, the other I... day, and now they're doing <laughs> they're putting in measures. Mitt Romney's gone into self isolation. Oh, they're, they're
1: not gonna they're not gonna do proper isolation measures because they're too full of themselves, like the right wing in the U.S. They're just gonna be like, well, oh yeah, like. I'll be fine, God will protect me, and then they'll just go to work in the Senate and spread it to, like, everyone everywhere. Well, Rand Paul
0: voted against coronavirus safety yeah. stuff, and now... And I'm oh, pretty sure... Yeah, so... <laughs> now he has it and is giving it to everybody
1: yeah because like they're not going to follow proper protocol they're, they've all they're, been they're...
0: eating in the canteen yeah, together
1: like the libertarians and the gop they don't trust science so they're not going to listen to like all of the measures put in place so they're just going to spread that shit around to everyone else well, in the party. i
0: loved trump's comment about Mitt romney they're like what romney romney's gone into quarantine gee that's a shame. That's a real shame.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just openly being like, "Oh wow, isn't that awful on TV?" While well, like, <laughs> he's just so openly evil. Yeah. Uh, anyway. No, no, it's not
0: evil. I, think, I mean, it's is it evil to celebrate an evil person
1: being? Yeah, but harmed? he's not doing it for like good faith reasons. He's doing it because he's a like a personal. A he's grievous. a competitor within the. You yeah. Know, He hates him because he's weak. Yeah, it's not like he hates him because he's a bad person. No, he hates him because he just doesn't want competition.
0: Well, Bernie's been practicing social distancing.
1: Yeah, Bernie, I think of all people in the Senate, is, like, the most on board with keeping himself safe. So I think, like, you know, he's not going to do anything that's going to put himself in danger like that.
0: Yeah, I think, like, Bernie protection hours, like, everyone get, like... You know, Marianne energy
1: yeah. orbs out like <laughs> good orbs. vibes, no, like no, not orbs power. You know, burn some sage for Bernie. She was, this, she was the person that was saying that like chronically ill people should just be let to die, and so she's like the worst person to be like taking charge in any of well, this shit. Yeah,
0: I disagree with Bernie Make putting her in charge of the coronavirus response, <laughs> but uh, but I agree with her good vibes.
1: Yeah, she has... I agree with her good vibes. She's, anyway, I thought we should probably... imagine
0: imagine sleeping with Marianne Williamson. Oh. Ew. I just like that Ew. hippie Ew. No. pussy and just... No. I don't,
1: I don't want to think about that, babe. Ew. oh,
0: <laughs> Oh. Uh. This, yeah, I need water. This, uh, I just think it's worth considering.
1: No, it's not. It's not worth considering.
0: <laughs> yeah, Biden. Yeah, thank... Well this, well, this is on live, so we're getting some live commentary. Yeah. We're also recording this for prosperity. Yeah,
1: well, well we're going to chop it up and put it into a podcast. I, you know? I, so we're probably going to go off topic.
0: I, I don't think...
1: I think you overestimate our ability <laughs> to edit this. Hey, no, just, like, if there's a part where we rant completely off topic, oh, yeah. we can just kind of cut it out and then, like, you know, stuff like... You know, we can make like all of the stuff like this whole well, conversation. Yeah, if we stop to like interact the audience a bunch, then we can cut that out mm. and you know, not make it part of the final recording.
0: Well, the audience is pointing out that um Joe Biden is dead.
1: I I genuinely hope that he is because he's an awful awful piece of shit and has gotten many people killed with like the crime bill and stuff. Yeah, like he's that. put people in you know, prison for just like not spread it to other people before he dies, you know. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't on his dying. Um, we've all seen in, with his dying breath, cough all over people. We've all seen
0: how close he gets to people. He is yeah, like he, he doesn't he the he understand the worst boundaries. person to yeah. be a, to have coronavirus. Oh yeah, because he spends his whole time he's like stubborn and old, sniffing and he's women's creepy. hair, yes. touching children, specifically like stroking people's faces and nuzzling them, giving them little sniffs and getting behind them and just feeling their shoulders and giving them oh. a little rub and you know. Getting his head, getting his like nose right in there, and now it's not just the usual old man diseases he's got emanating out of him, and you know the like satanic yeah. energy. It's also coronavirus. So, yeah.
1: oh right. So Marie, um, Joe Biden just hasn't appeared in any like public. He hasn't been on television things. for yeah. a week. Yeah, he just hasn't been in the public. Or, eye at I all. I mean,
0: at all. The only thing we've seen from him is that the Joe Biden Instagram account posted a thumbs up in a live rap concert on Instagram. Yeah,
1: that's literally it. So that's why people are suspecting that he might be either dead or sick, or they're intentionally trying to not put him on TV so his ratings do not Well, tall.
0: they're definitely not intentionally keeping him under lockdown. But specifically, what the reason is, is it just because... He's got a cheese brain, and it's getting particularly cheesy at the moment, and so they just got to keep him under wraps. Yeah. Like, or if it's because he's dead, and so he's not going to be...
1: Well... There's so many different reasons why he's not appearing, but all of them just kind of point if towards, he has like, his dead, health. If he has dead, or if he has coronavirus... If he has he, dead.
0: <laughs> he will be making... Li- he would, like, do a better job in his public speaking, because he wouldn't say anything. Like, he, would, he wouldn't call himself... He, like, the other day, he said it was the... The Obama, o biden like he mixed, he he messed up and yeah. tried to say the Biden-Obama I, White I House. I think his but was... PR
1: team is realizing that, like, every time he goes on camera, he's just losing voters. Every time like... he
0: goes on camera, the camera the camera takes a little bit of his mental acuity. It's like yeah. the old thing about cameras stealing your souls, but it's yeah. just stealing brain cells. And like, now something,
1: down... something slips through and then people yeah. just see it and then they... they lose faith in him and unfortunately yeah.
0: all three of biden's remaining brain cells are infected of coronavirus <laughs> so not looking good for biden um bernie oh, has no. been doing like the usual thing where he does all the good things and no one gives him credit and he gets fucked over and yeah nothing good ever happens
1: yeah i guess as well though that like i mean we spent all this time talking about the u.s senate and stuff but like
0: It's just funny because some
1: evil people might be getting coronavirus. Yeah. But I think it's also, like, I guess just the main topic we wanted to get onto was, like, unemployment and stuff like that. And, like, you know, like, the response to to COVID-19. And I think that this is a good segue to talk about the fact that Louisiana is now housing homeless people in um, empty houses and hotels from shelters and stuff
0: uh, Talk about it.
1: yeah so like the fact that like they, they've now done this the, the council voted and they are now housing these homeless people they could have done it the entire time and they proved by doing it now in the middle of the pandemic that they could have the entire time in the past 100 fucking years decided to house homeless people in empty houses Um, And so it's kind of shown that, like, oh, yeah, their response to this pandemic is just showing all the weaknesses of the system and what's wrong with it.
0: Yeah, it's doing that for literally everything from rent evictions, utility shutoffs. Uh, working from home, yep. every arbitrary inconvenience and things that just sort of demeans and diminishes the life of the average person. It turns out, as we were saying all along, that it's purely an invention, yep. which is designed to like what? suppress you and Oops. your ability okay. to live as you would and to have the time in your life and ability to organize for something better. Yeah. Because by keeping yeah. you... Constrained within exactly. these arbitrary yep. things. Yep. You prevent anybody from having the time, mental, physical mm-hmm. ability to ever get to a point where you can yeah. be financially stable enough yeah. to interrogate the system you're in and mm-hmm. to organise for other people to change
1: it. That's why, like, they're constantly fighting against, say, you know, trying to raise the amount of hours that people are working all the time and stuff like that and, you know, constantly abusing overtime and things. Like, these capitalist class people... They want to make sure that their workers are incapable of organizing.
0: The capitalists, you know, they're bad folks.
1: They want to make sure that the people on the bottom don't have the opportunity to form a union, the opportunity to form a militia, the opp- you know. Uh, and I mean, c- I
0: was just talking about class consciousness, but yeah.
1: I don't know if you're showing up in the microphone, babe, but you might be on the on the phone. That's all good, but I yeah, was like that, to my phone. But then I realized that your the phone, phone is recording. recording. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, confusing. like this whole sort of. Um, this whole thing is just showing how all of these things are fake and made up. And even money. People are realising, wow, the Federal Reserve can just give out $1 trillion a day to the banks. And it's a loan, but they can just do it. You know, they just make it up. Ilhan Omar has proposed this thing
0: to... I think it was... No, I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Rashida Tlaib now. I forget. It was one of them. It's confusing, because there's three good people. There's (laughs) Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib and AOC, and they... I forget who's doing which policy, but you could. There's like like
1: three people in American politics, except for Bernie, who are definitely not um, shit libs. There's a couple. There's like maybe. (laughs) There's three people. There's enough of maybe three. Yeah, there's also like local representatives that are cool and stuff. It's just like in on the Senate level, it's so many little people.
0: But they've proposed minting two trillion dollar coins, and then. Something happens with them, and it makes good... We do good things with the
1: money for poor people. What, so minting a $2 trillion coin and using that one coin to just, like, pay for something? Yeah. What... Can't you just what's the point in doing that? Doesn't that massively deflate the currency? Like, I don't understand how... I don't know
0: anything... Yeah. ...about this or other things. I
1: need more (laughs) economics knowledge to understand, like, what's the implications
0: of that? And my phone is recording, so I can't look up the thing I saved. You didn't look it up. Oh, right, you saved it.
1: Yeah. But, um,
0: I'm just saying, maybe we should consider, now that we're realising that money and currency is fake, Mm. we should just start printing all sorts of money to see if it, like, fixes. What, things. like making our own currencies. I just mean a government, like just maybe like a platinum that's, dollar. That's what that inflation
1: that's what causes like currency crises like in Venezuela though. No, I don't mean like, like printing fl- lots of
0: currency. I just mean like printing like like rare chase
1: cards when you're collecting cards and uh, things. So printing currency as sort of like a That would just cause like speculation. I'm not People saying it, like... I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm yeah. just thinking
0: it's something we could fuck around and do. I mean, we could we've got, got a lot of it, time it, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, if the
1: world's going to collapse anyway, we can do a couple of experiments to see if things work, but... I mean, I think, like, one thing that we could do is moving away from currency in, like, mutual aid stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, moving towards, like, knowing that money is real and made up, and it's just a fake representation of labour. You know, it's just... It's... It's a fake representation of someone else's labor, and like you can, you can not have it, or you can use like alternatives and stuff like that. And I think like all this sort of um, bringing free to people and housing networks and stuff, and like rent strike stuff that's going on right now, and all these little networks in the US sort of popping up and you know organizing, um, they have the opportunity to experiment with within these. I mean,
0: like little micro systems are basically coming into being. Yeah. Because it seems like a lot of the mutual aid is so, or is also, like, kind of... It seems to be, like, almost a trading system as well, as providing people things they need, but also... Yeah, but they provide for you, too. Exactly, you know? but, so, like, yeah. you know, you can... Like, I think we're going to be relying a lot more if we're all not working, basically, on... Yeah. Hey, I've got some spare Actually, vegetables, do you have...
1: That's a good point, is that, like, making your own currency would mean that you don't pay taxes with that currency so if your like community uses the that... the problem is that avoiding taxes might have an inverse effect on people's like standard of living right now because there might be like social programs that you actually do want to pay into that are helping people and you don't want to just like not pay into them and then kind of undercut the system like that like you kind of want to have you want to have the safety net built up as your own, like, mutual aid network before you take down the state with its safety net. Like, you want to have an alternative in place first. You want to have, like... So not- so everything doesn't just sort of collapse. Yeah. You know, you want to have, like... Yeah, you want to have your own thing.
0: But it does seem like we are kind of... Just by the nature of having to try and survive this current situation. Because, look, it's not just... Coronavirus and isolation and lockdown and quarantine—all of these things you're experiencing now—it's not a two-week thing. Yeah, it's not going to be over in a month. I don't think the vaccine's like eighteen months away. I don't think it's going to this. Like, this isn't going to be over by Christmas.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, this is like I've seen a lot of people making these like, (laughs) "Oh, I'm just going to stick through it the next couple of weeks," and. They're like the fucking French in World War One yeah. who thought they'd march onto Berlin by well, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I had a friend you know? saying, I can't believe in me
0: stuck in the house the next month. And it's like... It's, like, it's not going to be the next month. I, <clears> I yeah. didn't want to, like...
1: Mate, they're already
0: very depressed. I didn't want to yeah. push them over the edge, but I did kind of want to say, hey, babe, it's going to be like... A year of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, there might be ways we can loosen up some social distancing stuff so that we can... Oh, no, there's going to be room know. to move there's gonna much. be There's going to be a bit of room to move... With, but we're going to be stuck with these sorts of measures for a long time until there's a vaccine out or a way of... Because so, we can't contain this. It's no. not like SARS or MERS, like the other coronavirus outbreaks, um, where they had... Like, SARS killed a couple hundred people and it had a big outbreak. But, like, they managed to just contain it because it wasn't contagious enough that they could stop the spread and then it would just die out yeah you know so like they never made a vaccine like they were making one and then realized it wasn't profitable because capitalism came along and said hey no one has this disease anymore there's no point in making a cure but they can't they can't do that with COVID-19 they can't like pretend that it's going to go away they can't like say hey yeah we'll contain it like they have to have to make a cure you know
0: so my point is this is not going to be resolved anytime soon, to have no expectation of that. But it does mean that, as we're talking about, these alternative means, which we haven't had, Mm. are going to develop, are developing, and they are going to be in place for the foreseeable future. So so
1: we're all going to kind of be forced to... There's a good point in the comments here that SARS was very contagious, but you just displayed your symptoms quickly. So you weren't running around for, like, 10 to 14 days... Right. With no symptoms and still contagious.
0: Yeah, I, did, I didn't they, know that. They that selected was, you know, the wrong things in... Uh, in character
1: creation, yeah. Uh, they, I they don't rolled. know. I don't play whatever <laughs> that game is. Pandemic? Is <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they selected the wrong genes in Pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to make a topical reference. Uh, up, you mean like Plague Inc? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I
0: don't play the video game. But the thing is, we're all going to be forced, I feel like, to kind of move to a more local level. hmm but while also socially existing on a international level, because we're all mm. going to be forced online, mm. we're all going to be even more than usual yeah. communicating online, yeah. having this international network because mm. we're all on the internet and location physically doesn't matter. But it, it, for it kind of does no, But, on the for, but it for mutual aid, yeah, that is most of it can only really be done locally. Yeah,
1: you need to organise locally while also encouraging, you know, around the world a global revolution. But it does right? mean we're going... We
0: went to that local farm yet today. Mm, yeah. And they're doing food oh, drop-offs of produce... Yeah, that was amazing. ...to people in the area. We can yeah. sign up for that. Yeah. And so I think we're all going to be relying on these local networks. And we can't... Look, at all of us have these other things going on. We're trying mm. to remain isolated. So we can't travel vast Farm. distances. Yeah. So it's like your local area all have to kind of look yeah. after each other and themselves this. and create this new network of support mm. which is separate from government support. Yeah. And isn't reliant on normal supply chain. Yeah.
1: That's that's what, you know, mutual aid and dual power does. The problem with it. But right we haven't now, had that situation here. You know, other places yeah. like I guess like Greece and yeah, stuff exactly, have a lot Greece. of Yeah, they have a lot of experience with this stuff, but we don't here in Australia. Well, we're going this. to. And we're going to be stuck with this. Yeah, we're going well, to have
0: to. So, like, which I think is kind of a good thing. Like, it's promising oh. yeah, there's, something there's different.
1: One big problem with this whole mutual aid network and I, we had this, I was in a, um, unemployed workers union meeting and we were discussing, um, this sort of thing, but we can't, like, give stuff to people in mutual aid, like, giving out food and stuff because, uh, SARS-CoV-2, like, this virus, it, it sticks to surfaces, and it lasts a long time, like, on plastic, up to nine days before the virus dies off. Uh, and it was, like, eight hours on copper but this was the shortest, like, amount of time before it got killed off. So if you're dropping off food to your neighbours and stuff like that, if you're infected and you don't know, you're still going to pass it on to them, because they're going to pick up whatever you dropped off at the door. We have the same risk with, like, when you go to Woolies, uh, when you go to get your, your groceries and stuff like that. Like, the same risk of touching something infected, but you have to be very careful with mutual aid because if you might be infected, not know, be contagious, give shit to people, and they end up getting it. Um, yeah,
0: not only do you have to stop coughing and licking everything that you give to someone before you give it to them like you normally would, mm. but you also have to be extra careful that you're not, yeah, contaminative germs, you should wipe down everything when you get it. You should generally become a germaphobe
1: and paranoid. Oh, yeah. You have to be very paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> if
0: yeah. you have OCD, you're off to a good start, hopefully. Oh,
1: yeah. Like. I, hopefully. I, I mean, it could, the, have, it could very much backfire for I people. I think the though.
0: fear of contamination that is already engendered into me because of my mental illness is probably going to be a bit of a benefit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, or, like most of your OCD is going to fight your ADHD because one of them is going to make you keep forgetting to do all the things that you need to do and the other one is going to make you very, like, anxious. It's
0: hard to remember <laughs> to do things in the house. Yeah. When I'm at home and I'm kind of comfortable, mm.
1: but when I'm outside, I'm fucking terrified. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, going outside is, like, I feel like I'm walking through the zone. Like yeah. it's in, like I'm in Stalker or something, you know? like, um, Like, I feel like... And I don't know if anyone here has, like, played the game Stalker or read A Roadside Picnic, the book that um, the game is based on. But, like, you know, that's where they're exploring these, um, in the book, these zones that were, like, created by aliens coming down and causing all this, like, weird physics stuff uh, to happen and random, like, paranormal activity to go on and... It's like, I feel like when I'm walking outside, any, any step could be my last, like there's landmines everywhere. Like, um, <laughs> <clears throat> and most of the country hasn't social distance properly. And that's, all, that's why I'm terrified. It's like, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm one of the few people that's actually. I'm kind actually... of okay until
0: I come into areas that are going to have human contact. Oh yeah. Being in the supermarket yesterday and everybody else was in the supermarket because they got oh, a yeah. delivery of toilet paper in the morning and it was all gone by the time I got there but i was literally the only person in the entire supermarket with a mask that i saw yeah everybody is is packed people well, are packed in together most, most people don't have
1: access to masks like they're so out of stock and then the government is reserving them for, for hospitals and stuff because they just they'd never they didn't make an capitalism did the thing again and, you know, is only going to make things if there's a profit in it. And so they're not going to make a stockpile of medical equipment of in an em- for un- an emergency.
0: Unless... You know. Things that you can't currently yeah. profit off. That yeah, may, exactly. You may not Yeah, cause profit cause off in the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's like,
1: it's like these antiviral drugs that people are, are using to fight COVID-19. Like, um, there's a whole bunch of different ones that are being trialed. And there's, there's shortages of all of them because... Like, they were only made to be sold for profit, and they weren't made to have any on hand, you know, for, for any emergency situation. So they were only made to be directly sold to the consumer as they need them. There's never any stockpiling done, because capitalism just be like that, you know? It's,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess the thing is that capitalism... Bad, yeah. is what we're saying. Yeah,
1: <laughs> basically. If you didn't know, we're anti-capitalists. <laughs> um, welcome to the socialism podcast. Yeah, well, we do socialism not, you know what, you prefer. I mean, I... You, you like harder stuff than socialism. Oh, no, I am, I'm a fucking very hardcore anarchist, but we've got to appeal to the normies. <laughs> yeah. We've got um... to start with the, you know, s- starting with, like, the more accessible language that... I'm not going to go into, like, you know, deep anarchist theory stuff. Because like we need to we need to focus on it. I guess this is the point of the, like the podcast as well, is that everyone's stuck at home in quarantine. No one knows what they can do. I don't know, you what know. To do. We don't know what to do. But like there are some things that you can do. Like, pal, I'm in a union. I'm in the unemployed workers union. Um, we're doing all of our meetings over like uh, video conferences and stuff like that. And there's a sudden rush of unemployed people because everyone's getting laid off. Um, and like. You know, a lot of people just haven't... They're not in any of these organisations. They're not in any group. They don't know what's available, what's out there, what's in their city, where they can go, how to find things. And I guess it's like... This is a good platform to be like, hey, yo, everyone out there, you know, if you're scared and you're unsure what to do, fucking get out there and do something, you know? Well, like, I mean, not, don't, don't, get, don't, don't, don't get, get out get, there Don't literally. physically get outside your house. <laughs> like, stay inside. But if you can, you know, join in with any any mutual aid network networks, even if it's stuff like, you know, like organizing rent strikes in your area and stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, what, those are huge.
1: Yeah, if you want to... Uh... <laughs> don't, don't do what Oliver Thorne did and encourage people to send a nice email to their landlord saying that they won't pay rent for a month. And then you're just going to get evicted because you don't have any collective bargaining power. Yeah,
0: so (laughs) the popular YouTuber is like this... Philosophy changer. Is this poncy person who dresses up like a wit, like a...
1: I wouldn't call him Ponzi And does embarrassing cringe theatre shit. He's not that cringe. I think it's... His politics can get cringe, but he's... His
0: whole style is cringe.
1: He's just flamboyant. (sighs) You know, he's, he's just flamboyant. He's... he's, I find it very embarrassing. Anyway, for some reason... He's
0: liberal as fuck. Museumers like him. And, um, you like being taught philosophy by him. And he also said that what you should do during this, you know, period of coronavirus or living in the zone is that you should email your landlord or landlady and just let them know... Or land them. ...that... NBs don't own property. That <laughs> Let them know Fuck, that... that's true. That you're not paying to be oh, paying your rent.
1: Holy shit, you're so right. N- NBs just don't own property. There's no point in even, like, catering to us when talking about us. And, like, the, when none of us are land people. We don't have, like...
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not landed anyway yeah. <laughs> so the philosophy man who dresses up in the outfits and yeah, does and the lighting yeah um yeah he said you know contact your land person and tell them you politely mm, won't very, be very pay, politely. won't be paying rent mm-hmm. but you will be living there yeah and that's just the situation you know um
1: and but it d- it d- didn't it didn't do Ooh. the numbers. There's an NB who owns property in the chat. Do you own private property that you rent out to other people, though? There's a difference between owning property, like having a house, and being, like, you know, a landlord. Or whatever the gender-neutral version of landlord would be. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you, if you're not renting it out, then you're not a parasite. Like, <laughs> there's a different thing. You if don't... You, if, you can't, you know. if you can't lease it to other people, yeah. you don't really own it. Oh, fuck. Airbnb. Holy shit, I saw, okay, in Dublin, in Ireland, right? In Dublin, in Ireland. 64% increase in houses, uh, like, uh, houses up for rent on the market. 64%, because all of the Airbnbs turned into rental properties. That is so fucking huge. That means that more than half of the properties on the market were Airbnb and were unavailable for anyone to rent in. So like there was a compl- massive housing crisis in in Ireland. Like that's it's a massive ongoing issue, and as soon as coronavirus like, sweeps through, kills off Airbnb, suddenly there's a shitload more properties in the market. The landlords are still awful people, but like it you know it's opened up so much new housing to people. I mean it's, 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 they it's, haven't opened you know, it up for
0: the goodness no, of no, they haven't they're opened up for the goodness people, of their heart. No, they're it's making because profit. It became off of it. unprofitable yeah. because.
1: No one's Airbnb. Yeah, but it shows how destructive Airbnb is when you like corporatize being a landlord when you make it like a you know.
0: Well, it, it you get the benefit of being a landlord without yeah. also providing the land that you're lord over yeah. to someone to live in. Yeah. I mean, you, we well, I are mean, providing a ho- lesser service. People who
1: own hotels are still landlords and they're yes. still scummy people because they should be providing those hotels for homeless people to live in.
0: I mean, I think there's still the, there is space for hotels in a future socialist utopia because I, yeah. hopefully people will be able to in, travel.
1: In a utopia in which there is no homelessness in the first place, then I think it's ethical to have hotels... You know as long as people can realistic that as long as people can actually afford to travel it shouldn't be like barred off by people because they're not because they don't have enough money yeah you know, poor people should be have the freedom of movement of everyone else i guess
0: we could create like an international network of couch surfing until hotels can that is viable again
1: probably a thing and we should probably look <laughs> into it to see if there's like some sort of international um like housing uh, socialist housing networks like that I See that David Orini looking B and B, Lisa so getting. Oh yeah. So there's someone on <laughs> on Twitter who looks yeah. like the devil. Yeah. But
0: white instead of red skin, and he was. The devil is white. In the Simpsons, he usually has red skin. Yeah, but future, let's uh... let's be real. Like if feeling like white Satan. Like we. <laughs> Satan was the first anarchist. Fuck.
1: I mean, that's quite... No, he's hierarchical. Like okay. yeah, in canon. He's very hierarchical. He's the Lord of Hell. But you know, I mean <laughs> But he maybe maybe he's he's like one of those right libertarians. Yeah. I mean, the devil's always pretty sexy. He's like
0: you know, like yeah. he just wants independence. Yeah, and suffer demon dick. Yeah. It's like yeah. Sauron, whenever he's in elf form and Lord of the Rings,
1: very hot. Oh yeah. Extra- elves are always hot. You can't yeah, be an but, elf and but, not be hot. But
0: being an elf but also being the, evil incarnate... Yeah. ...is, like, way hotter than being an elf and just being all airy Oh, yeah. oh yeah.
1: Absolutely. Fucking absolutely. Have, the forest. Have you seen all of the people lusting over the uh, Spanish Legion? Like, yeah. fascist military? So... Like, okay. him so, him so there... <laughs> yeah, so
0: this is the Spanish Legion, which was, like, Franco was involved in its creation. It was, like, it was a, a mercenary it before, force. It was
1: before Franco. It was um, during the tw- 1920s. Yeah, but he was still...
0: It, he was like a general. He wasn't like I mean, he was a yeah. dictator, but he was in his creation his crew, yeah. But he was part of
1: the yeah. founding. And they there. were founding in like Morocco and stuff so it, it was to like, keep like colonial holdings. So it's like based
0: on the French Legion, and yeah. is but apparently utilizes samurai codes of ethics. Okay, and is very much big on sloganeering and sort of these internal mechanisms to avoid dissent yeah. and create this kind of ideological cult. Yeah. Kind of, Basically. And also used a lot of mercenaries, um, some former SS people in its foundation.
1: God, what was pathetic? Oh, do you mean like the the lusting over the himbers? Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so they're, they're all straight-up fascists, if we're honest. It's so horny for them.
0: For about a, a few days now, you know, I felt like I haven't done any... I've avoided thinking about the white hitting the white woman extinction button. Yeah. But all the white women coming out to lust after the Spanish uh, Nazi himbos. Yeah. Who are going to be, like... You realize pe- you are a white woman, too. Uh, but I wasn't doing that. But now <laughs> it's, like, I think we need to break the glass again. Yeah. And, like, put our fingers on the button and have a big think about yeah, it. and sit there thinking, do we launch these nukes? Because <laughs> it's not, like... It's not good to see that, like... None of those himbos had PPE. <laughs> that That, uh... White liberal feminists will just...
1: Oh, yeah, they will lust after fascists and just, like, open their legs for you, them, just, you, like, straight you up, just, you know?
0: I mean, <laughs> like, they, it, like, they were lusting after fucking Beto Rock
1: and stuff, yeah. like, and saying they're gonna
0: make their cal- calves clamp. At least they have you know, at least they're actually going for someone who's kind of Wait, hot was, now. Wait, was Beto
1: the one that was a skateboarder? Yeah, he was, like, a, yeah. he
0: was the Gen X loser guy. Yeah. Yeah. He tried. He tried. But he was Gen X, so he failed, because they didn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. But the thing is yeah it's just like okay, you did fascism, but the men doing it are the men from Bills and Bills and what's the what's Amy's the name of the also romance? not
1: cis, so that's a big des- <laughs> you know I think I think that changes things but yeah
0: but um yeah like no Mil- like they put, Fascism in the form of a Mills and Boone romance cover with like a swarthy oh, my... sexy
1: pirate. Fuck, this explains my mum's like And l- they sign up for it. My mum is one of those people who would read one of those Mills and Boone things and start ending up like lusting after fascists.
0: It's all it, you know. it's all you need <laughs> is
1: you put like sexy Fabio in yeah.
0: in the Nazi uniform. And he's, or well, he's, just, he's just wearing a leather that, that's Nazi why, duster and no shirt.
1: That's why all these fascist, like, uniforms and stuff are supposed to be, like, so striking and looking so aesthetically cool is also because it's supposed to make them, like, hot. Yeah. Even to, like... Even to straight guys who just kind of lust after the power and the symbolism... You know, like, you know.
0: they like wearing the leather.
1: Yeah, they like wearing the leather. And it's like, yeah, that's sort of the, the idea, is it... <laughs> it works, you know? <laughs> like... The amount of people that were commenting so many times on this one thing, like hundreds and hundreds of people have quote tweeted it and it's gone viral, you know. And then all of the comments—it's just like people dripping wet, <laughs> you know, like over literal fascists who would just kill you on sight for being a degenerate. Like that is like these are the sorts of people that were lasting. I over. really hope that like the super woke like,
0: young, queer, anti-sexly kind of people who, you know, usually go on, will like, you know, drive someone to the brink for being problematically horny for, for like, a cartoon character or yeah. something, I hope they discover these white liberal women's
1: posts and, like, pound yeah.
0: them to the ends of the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. To...
1: No, same. I th- Like, everybody like, who's gotten mad you because... You should always feel ashamed for being attracted to a fascist.
0: Yeah, I want all of these people who have, like, tried to drive, like, queer people to suicide for drawing a, a sexy cartoon character in a problematic way or whatever. Yeah. I hope they do the same... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope they yeah. drive these people to fucking destruction for uh, being into the Spanish thotty Nazis.
1: Yeah, I think it's a big a part of it is a lack of awareness into Spanish history, and people yeah. just don't learn it if they're not, like, from Spain. And even if they're in oh. Spain, they don't know it all, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. So a lot of people just had literally no idea, like, that... Like, I, I'm an anarchist, so I hate all of these state militaries, but, like, most people don't really know that w- what they do. They don't realise that these militaries are going out being imperialist and doing, like, fucked-up shit, you know? So, like, they don't have the awareness about that, and I think that's the major problem, is it just showed a complete lack of understanding that Spain was a fascist empire for ages and that th- it still has, like, remnants of that, you know?
0: Yeah, Franco was around until...
1: 75. I yeah. Think. You
0: know, like... Yeah. He, we... He was like a European dictator... Yeah. ...in... Not that long ago. No, not
1: that... I mean, what, 30... About 45 years ago? No, we, we think... Like, and, I yeah. think he
0: gets kind of lumped in with, like, oh, that fascism that happened... Yeah. ...all the way back M- when, during the war. But People, no, this yeah. is, like, relevant not and within living massive. memory still. I, and
1: Yeah, same as Portugal. Yeah. Um, Portugal was fashion till the 70s or 80s and like they had the they had the worst like um, infant mortality rates drug use rates and stuff like that in all of europe like you think of the most poorest like european countries right now um sort of like the ex uh soviet states uh like moldova and stuff like that uh portugal was worse and now it's completely flipped around like they've done things like drug decriminalization and stuff because, you know, I think I guess people realise that the regime under uh, Salazar was kind of fucked. But, yeah, people don't really learn about all these other fash out there. You know, they just kind of learn about Hitler and maybe a bit about Mussolini. Mm-hmm. But there's not enough awareness about the different sort of fash movements and what's sort of the remnants of what's still around right now. Like, people don't... Fuck, we are watching the... Uh, untold History of the United States, the Oliver Stone thing, and they were talking about, like, the fascist league that was being formed in the 40s in the US.
0: Yeah, to undermine FDR yeah. and potentially do a coup on a government and because they were getting a little bit too anti-capitalist. How
1: many How many people know that, you know? Like, how many people realise that America had... Didn't they have a literal fascist party for a while, like a Nazi party?
0: There's the America First Party.
1: I think yeah. that's the American... I mean, there are uh, main... fascist parties right now in America, but they're not no. openly fascist. They're kind of, like, what's the ultra-nationalist one, the Constitution Party and yeah. stuff like that? I mean, like, like, they were holding
0: Nazi rallies in New York just, yeah. just before America entered the war, you Yeah, know, of people in stadiums in New York. You yeah. can see the photos. They're in New York in a stadium with the gigantic Nazi flag, and yeah. they're all loving it.
1: People, like, I'm what, like, the KKK rallies in the yeah. like, 20s and stuff like that, like the giant ones? Like a lot of people still see america as the country that fought the fascists but they don't see america as the country that at the time they were fighting the fascists had segregation well i mean you know, also and, like jim crow laws and things like, like you know. uh the sterilization
0: programs that were run yeah. by the us uh were directly influenced nazi policy and those things and created like the scientific backlog of information they used to conduct those same programs, because America, yeah. into the twenties and thirties. Oh, is this the Mexican uh, border stuff? No, or... no. This is a. So they introduced uh, sterilization. They got pretty. They got pretty trigger happy of sterilizing people uh, mm. and, and using it to control of... women to declare them mentally incapable of making decisions for themselves.
1: I know I know in Canada they did a lot of eugenics on native people. I don't know if they're the same I think the same thing happened in the US, but I don't know the specifics of it. Including yeah.
0: I mean in the US it also went a lot of these things. It was legally taken out of women's hands to control their reproductive rights and but also not just sterilization, but this did happen as well, uh, on black men. Yeah. Especially military service. Not castration, sterilization, like oh. chemical. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, things that would be done without them realizing or being told another procedure was being done. Yeah, and these things but they're being slipping, like, the
1: drugs into them without them this, knowing.
0: This, yeah. went, um, this happened until, I think, about 1975 of black men in America with okay. these secret sterilization programs. And this is. I think this is all kind of tied in with things like MKUltra that happening yeah. in the 60s, these covert... Uh, yeah, but, drug programs are run on a civilian
1: population. Yeah. And, and like yeah, Japanese internment camps were yeah. brought up. Like holy shit, America is just as fascist as any of these other countries. You yeah, know? like and, and people, like so yeah. in
0: the Nuremberg trials, yeah. uh, like Nazi scientists <laughs> said, like <laughs> we were just following what the Americans did. You know? Yeah. Like like Ameri- American well, uh, universities. Yeah. hosted. German, German scientists, scientists yeah. and vice versa American Americans uh, carrying out things like sterilization and yeah. who are also think you know pioneering in fucking race science in America as well as things like um, uh, the you know like the the skull shape determining uh, yeah, uh, phrenology, I, yeah, phrenology, I think yeah, phrenology. Yeah, yeah all of these things are American
1: exports to Europe yeah yeah and It's, I think it's just not talked about enough about how, like, you know, we talk about all these fascist movements in the the world, but the US is honestly the biggest, like, living example of fascism alive. The problem is just that it's democratic. Democratic, you know, put it in in quotes. Like, it's not, it's not really because of voter suppression on mass and stuff like that. And
0: by doing it through democratic you know, means they, they has managed a, to
1: survive as a fascist yeah, institution yeah, longer than any outwardly fascist yeah, government. Yeah, because it legitimizes it to the public so that they don't feel like that the government is, you know, inherently evil because it's democracy, and they're taught that anything that isn't democracy, as they know it, is, you know, isn't free. And, and it is
0: essentially. But it, I mean,
1: it is essentially...
0: You have an illusion of choice mm. of a two-party system. Yeah. And you do have small third parties
1: that you can vote on. Yeah, but they don't, local have, things. they don't get federal funding because no. they don't get the 5% threshold, and so like they but don't get the money to even... But as yeah. is, I
0: think everybody is seeing in this election, the Democrats are willing to completely capitulate in advance and put someone like Joe Biden up, who is a yeah. Yeah. Like to even... counter Trump. It's like that is not... Yeah. That is not an existing opposition party. It is not an effective opposition party. It's an opposition party that wants to well, be one. I mean, I mean, looking at the it biggest from, like, example the, point is of the... Obama, Yeah, two thousand eight. Like he
1: just upped the surveillance state. He increased the drone strikes. He just had he a happy ca- face when he did it. He, <laughs> he you know... carried
0: on the, the yeah. same agenda.
1: Yeah, like he he just did what Bush did, but he did it competently. And there were like slight changes, but
0: overall the effect is as the same. Yeah as if... It's like Obamacare only affected what, 10
1: million people? You have to look at it
0: basically as these are not separate parties, these are like (laughs) Democrat and Republican Party are basically you know, offsprings of the same
1: Mm. the same like amorphous blob. They're they're more like two wings of the same party. Like here the Labour Party will have, they have a, a left wing which has got a lot of like social Democrats in it not really many socialists because they're fucking liberals the whole party but you have then you have the right wing of the labor party here in australia which is all like centrists and center right people and stuff um and that's what the that's what the democrats kind of feel like it's hard to it's hard to see other
0: than like they're like two sides of the same coin you know like handful of people within a democratic party trying to
1: do something yeah. It's hard well, to see the rest of it as an actual... That's also because, like, party politics has no morals in America. Yeah. Like, they have no... Like, these are the guidelines that you have to abide by. So, like, people can join the Democrat Party, get the funding from the Democratic Party, but they don't... It doesn't matter. Like, there's no... There's no party constitution that actually has any big effect in the US. They like, also political parties are don't... Not... They're not regulated on who joins
0: and stuff like they... that, you know? They allow for the existence of things like the Blue Dog Democrats
1: and yeah. right wing Democrats, and um, to not be pushed on these things. I would just say the American liberals and the Australian liberals are actually very different. If you're you, if you're using the Liberal Party as an example of Australian liberals, they're not liberal. The Liberal Party is literally neoliberal. the The Prime Minister is quite literally evangelical uh, prosperity doctrine, the belief that God punishes poor people because they have sinned, and that he rewards rich people with prosperity because they're good people. He literally believes that, as there's a few other members in the party. There's some blatant fucking fascists out there as well that are, like, calling for really fucked up shit. The thing is that the party is... You know, they're also dismantling um, the, like, healthcare system that we have in place and stuff like that. Like, they're trying... To turn Australia into America. So they're not the same as the liberals in the US who are much closer to our, um, l- the right wing of our Labour Party. Well, you know, they're not like, they're not ideologically I'd say, in line with our Liberal Party.
0: Uh, culturally, perhaps closer to. Uh, maybe a left-wing of the Labour Party, even a Greens person in terms of being accepting of, say, gays. And so, yeah, like, the, on a cultural level, they, but on an economic level.
1: Well, no, they're only they're only accepting of minorities um, because it gets them more voters. That's literally it, because they want the queer vote, so they're going to have a performative queer acceptance. You know, they want the black vote, so they're going to have a performative black acceptance. Stuff like that. But they don't... That's not, like it's not real it's just like out there performatively to make them look like they're woke but they're not you know like what are they doing to help these minorities nothing but they're just saying that they're there for them it's like obama had the message of hope and change and then just fucking like made everything worse yeah. <laughs> like um they're trying to make society more unequal so it more cl- closely fits the prosperity doctrine yeah exactly that's what the australian government is doing. They're doing everything in their power to increase inequality in the country intentionally. At least the um, evangelicals that are a part of the same Hillsong church as Scott Morrison and the people within the party who share those views, that's directly what they're trying to do out of, like, you know, religious uh, belief. Um, I mean,
0: it should be something that is more outrageous to the public. Yeah. That a fringe right wing religious doctrine yeah, like is a, the a gui- fucking cult is, is the guiding the principle of our government, yeah. of the top of our government. Yeah. Like this should be something that once that yeah. is talked about I don't, as uh, you yeah. know, has like I I don't mind were- if
1: like okay, I don't mind if like people in the government I hate the government in the first place because I'm anarchists, but I don't care if the people in the government are religious i don't care if the people leading you know are christian or uh or they're muslim or they're jewish and so on and so forth but scott morrison directly wants poor people to die like his beliefs are so extreme and twisted and like immoral and he doesn't have any sort of ethics that you can like base him on and say like oh he's a good person or anything like he doesn't have any of that going on um yeah, like he's he's complete. He's a complete sociopath. Yeah, you know, and like he, under the LNP, private Catholic and Anglican schools have more funding from the government than public schools in this country. Mm-hmm. They have literally got more funding to the to the Christian schools than they have to the public school education system, which is completely underfunded. You know, it's really crap. Like um. I, I, my, my old landlady, who was also my housemate, was a school teacher in the public system, and it was just hell. There was never enough resources, the kids would never get, like, what they needed and stuff like that, and what they're doing is essentially, rather than using a strong military crew takeover to get what they want, they're democratically just getting the same things that like like Salazar in Portugal and Franco in Spain wanted with like a, a like a heavy uh, Christian um Christian dominated fascism that's based on their like you know, for Franco it was like catholicism and stuff like that was his values but like yeah they're trying to trying to do the same thing just through the institutions we already have rather than having a vanguard party and coming in with a revolution mm. which is which is quite literally I I don't know if anyone really notices but Vanguard Party and revolution is what the Nazi Party did, you know? It's the same tactic. They use the same strategies as the um, as the authoritarian communists. And that's, like, you know, like, you can still be a fascist without having that Vanguard Party military coup in the same way that you can still be a communist without supporting the USSR, you know? Like, you can...
0: But obviously we all should support yeah. the USSR and... Everything they've done.
1: Yeah, and we need to we need to hang Soviet flags on every window. Yes, we should probably get a Soviet flag no. for the house. I look. I would I would have it for the meme value next to the under the this Mal, house, the mail poster over there, under the flag of the Soviet Union. <sighs> that makes me think of like my uncle, her ex-uncle I guess my auntie's ex. He, his parents they're like Italian, really like old couple that migrated here in like the seventies or whatever, mm. and they have a giant like, literal life-size statue of Jesus, (laughs) like a crucifix, life-size, like, as tall as I am, and it just hangs over their bedroom, like, just above their bedhead, off the wall, at a 45-degree angle, like, looking directly over them when they sleep. And that is what I feel like Like having the Soviet flag like on the wall is would be like having Hey, art. if Jesus'
0: balls and dick aren't hanging in your face <laughs> when you're asleep, what kind of fucking
1: Catholic or Christian or whatever the fuck are hey, you? Hey, no, they have a cloth to cover that shit up. Yeah, they They, it, they, they still... pretend that Jesus didn't have a dick. But it's like, still you know, hard. In all of the art. Yeah. It's
0: still hard. So yeah. you can see it like under the cloth because... Yeah. <laughs> And if you are the under it, you can oh, see under the cloth. It's, it's
1: genuinely horrifying the thought that they went to. They they go to sleep. I don't even know if they're it, still alive. Is it one?
0: Is it a bloody one?
1: Um. Yeah, it's a bloody one where oh, it's showing right. like like the nails yeah. going through the flesh. Really, like you know, <laughs> it's yeah, it is metal as hell. It's just like the scary kind of metal. Like it's
0: not, <laughs> you know, how traumatized by religion do you have to be your entire life to find
1: that like comforting <laughs> yeah a symbol that brings well, you it's, peace. it's not supposed to bring them peace because they they want a reminder to be afraid of god yeah you know and that's the same i mean this is really relevant to the, the lnp and they're like you know they don't they don't want peace on earth and they don't yeah. want pro, you know they, they literally just want fear and fear. compliance. Yeah. yeah they're not looking for like they're they they do not want the new testament they want the Old Testament shit, you mm. know. <laughs> they, they want the plagues, they want they, the they floods, want to... they they were bringing on climate change this intentionally. The, the right wing like... the right wing agenda
0: is just punishment. Yeah. You know, it is the yeah. I mean that's every like it's every, time blame see, game. every time you see every time you see any right wing person lose their shit. It's about, the, you know, they go on about how much yeah. we hate our generation, the lattes, of being the tight
1: jeans. The, the avocado on toast. Avocado, yeah. like, all of that shit. They just despise mm. the, to such a petty degree. I love how the avocado on toast meme started here, but just spread international, yeah. internationally. Like, I know. <laughs> It was so sad, like, seeing it the next
0: fucking year. I was like, we already had yeah. this national, we had it's, a national <laughs> <laughs> debate about yeah. avocado on toast. Yeah, and then, like, all the Americans started. talking about it. Now we have to sit through it a fucking Yeah, can. but,
1: uh, like... Yeah, these right wingers. Maybe we they... should get some avocado. Uh, yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, if we... know if there's any. Yeah, available. if we see any, we should. Yeah, we should. Nice have anyway, but these right wingers, they're looking for someone to punish. You oh, know, they... they will happily yeah. burn the earth and kill yeah. everybody because they
0: they saw something. Yeah, and it made them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They didn't like it. It made them just saying they can't. Yeah. intellectualize what it is yeah. but they want to kill everybody now <laughs> yeah
1: I think a lot of right wing ideology also comes down to the fact that they don't want to stop and think about like th- the world and it's much simpler and easier for them to put everyone into teams and mm-hmm. to put everyone into like us versus them you know like I, w- I mean we were talking when we were on a walk earlier about uh, we watched a Louis Theroux documentary where he went to these uh, kind of kooky little communes of um, oh hey, we only have a couple minutes remaining on live. Yeah, we might yeah. do another session if anyone's yeah. interested. We yeah. might just
0: leave the rest for the recording to tune into later.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, or oh, we could put it on Twitch. Yeah, I gotta. really got a shit soon, so we'll, maybe have a little break. Yeah, we'll stop the live recording. Um, we can go have a break, and then we'll come back either on Instagram or Twitch or something. Yeah. But yeah, like they these these right wing groups these, like the ones that have set up these weird little communes out in the Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that, they get half of the problem. They have some of the puzzle pieces as to why the world is fucked and they're missing half of them. And in in their attempt to fill in the missing pieces, they blame... Um, they blame people like entire ethnic groups and stuff like that like you know that would be extremely anti-semitic and they think jews are behind like global capitalism and stuff like that and it's like you stop and you look at these people and it's like if they just changed who they're blaming and instead of going oh yeah it's all jewish people i'm realizing oh yeah it's all rich people like if they just had that slight change in the way of thinking then everything would be different yeah. You know, but, like, every they, they, need a, they need a grip to blame and they need people to hate to, you know, to take out all of their anger and frustration. Okay, so... Can I have the vape? Yes, you can have the vape. These right-wing conspiracy theorists and very... Um, not the neoliberal right, you know, but, like, the right-wing people, the normies who aren't in political power right now,
0: we're talking about the people who become preppers. Yeah,
1: the people who become preppers, the people who... And it's weird how... They're doing their own form
0: of praxis and activism that makes sense to this worldview they've put together. Like, they think yeah. they're doing what they should be doing to protect who they care about from the scary people, but the things they should do... Yeah, and the people who are the problem—they are completely misidentified. Yeah,
1: they like they will blame issues like systemic issues on individual, you know, like action and stuff. And it's, it's not necessarily scary, but very interesting to me how close they are because they're closer to understanding socialism than liberals are.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, I think they have like. A... Well, even socialism, but, but just coming to that. To th- yeah, coming to that general... conclusion. Yeah, it, it like that's how you get Nazbols, like the National Socialist people who are like, you know, they want left statism, sort of USSR stuff, but they hate minorities. Mm. Um, and you know, they're a real big thing. Like they're bigger than a lot of people think. Um, and yeah, I think that. With COVID nineteen, those preppers, those sorts of communities, they're gonna grow. They're gonna get a lot of new members, you know, a lot of people from the Facebook are gonna like come to these sorts of places.
0: We need to send Louis Thoreau back out there to find out what's going on with the preppers right now
1: when I mean, knowing reality. Yeah, the right wing is against was it NAFTA? Yeah, the the trade deal that was is awful, and everyone on the left also hates. But they, they so, think it's bad for different reasons. But I think you know? we need to send them back to these communities to
0: find out how they're going under coronavirus, when they've finally got something that they like. They've been preparing for something. Yeah, they've finally got something. Yeah. It's, I want to know how actually, they're doing.
1: I think that's a that's a good point. Is that getting across to these sorts of people? And I want to be clear. I think that fundamentally we can. That we I mean, can we change them. People? You know, if if Reagan could change his stance on nukes, then, you know, other people can change their stance on things. It I just think, takes something to do it. I you know? think
0: a segment of people So like uh, the NASBOL you're saying. Mm. The kinds of people that are like Twitter Nazbols. Yeah. I don't think we can convert them too no. easily. No, but no, no, no. the ordinary people who are just sort of put together yeah, the... this kind of cobbled together worldview from various mm. sources of whatever they have to hand. Yeah, I think we can reach because they've look in that. This is a documentary from 1998, and these right wing people had anti NAFTA posters. Which, I mean, currently we might consider that left wing position, but Trump also ran on anti NAFTA in yeah. 2016. Like there are crossover issues, and if you have someone like Trump. He can exploit them and keep them in this right-wing mode. Yeah. And this compl- yeah. He, he takes completely... advantage
1: of their fears because of their economic situation under capitalism, but he's and a... he diverts it to a right-wing way of thinking. You know, like he he knows that the average person is fucked in the U.S. And you know, converting... they're scared about healthcare. The, you know, they're scared about the cops and stuff, and he's taking advantage of that fear and saying that. I'm gonna fix it without doing socialism. It's also you know.
0: converting
1: righteous
0: like think they have a reason to be angry, these people. They've been hurt by neoliberalism, by deindustrialization, by these awful awful trade yeah. deals that people like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, have disproportionately
1: done. less than minorities, but they've they've you know, they've been affected by them. You know, you know? everyone's suffering yeah. is unique to
0: themselves and you know, you can't really compare it. They have a reason to be angry. They have a reason to be upset with the current order. They have a reason to be upset with yeah. neoliberal, yeah. left-wing supposedly using scare quotes politicians. Yeah, yeah and like Democrats and stuff. But, but
1: also, these aren't. This is. We have to distinguish these people from the sort of rich kids who went to harvard and became neoliberal ec- economists and stuff like these are, they're right-wingers but they're very different types of right-wing and like now we're you talking know,
0: about like people that you know in your life yeah like maybe your dad or yeah your granddad yeah or your uncle
1: exactly like it's it's not yeah we're not talking about the people who are so ideologically in sync Basically, and they're like down with the party one, line you know no one who's yeah facebook people
0: you know the real people of the world. They, but they when the thing about allowing the right wing to use these things, so we don't have an effective left wing opposition that can speak at the same level and be head to head against ideologues like Trump and so on, because things like the Democratic Party you know, prevent socialists like Bernie Sanders from being able to rise to that level. So it means you have people like Hillary Clinton or, when he was alive, Joe Biden to do these things. When he was alive. But fuck, here's the thing. (laughs) That means you effectively have no opposition. You have no useful means. So, of course, people are going to default to the right-wing option. And when when if Trump, who is directly actually speaking to the pains these people have experienced... And is complaining about the same shitty deals yeah, like, that they've been given. Yeah. It also it converts that anger into support for him, but also it converts that anger into inaction or action that only causes only serves to further the, the problem- problems yeah. and push it and creates things going. It like derails. Yeah. You could get these people organized into something that actually was meaningful, but instead yeah. things like Fox News derangement. Is putting that genuine feeling and potential into this completely useless, <laughs> completely useless, uh, getting mad on Facebook and spreading I mean, memes it, to fight it's socialism. It's the standard
1: tactic of the right wing to make the working class hate each other in order to distract them from, um, you know, from the problems of capitalism. It's it's using bigotry as a weapon because they know that if they make people scared of each other they will not come together in solidarity and when they come together in solidarity they start becoming lefties and hippies you know like it's kind of like how the the war on drugs kind of started because they didn't want the drug users to be communists because they knew that oh if you're on drugs and you're kind of like an addict and at the bottom of society you tend to end up
0: left-wing you will awaken to the brotherhood of all men and our united project
1: that is there for us to take. Can I have a hit? Yeah, so, like... I don't know. And I think you mentioned that, like, that lack of a strong opposition. That's very true here in Australia, where people here, they... Like, people, the average person, they want to see a strong leader, because... At the hey, end of the day. my
0: folks the other day? Mm. They're shouting at the television. We just need a strong leader. <laughs> exactly. This uh, is someone who knows what they're doing. Just a strong leader. Look at these, you know, clowns yeah. up there. Yeah,
1: like people kind of feel like they prefer Scott Morrison, who's a fucking, like, evangelical fascist. Or well, Gladys now. Or oh, Gladys. Over Bill Shorten, the leader of the Labour Party. Because they don't think Bill... They think Bill I mean, Shorten's got no been backbone.
0: A leader for a while. It's a, oh, it's... it's Albo.
1: Oh, Albo, yeah. Oh, elbow, fuck, yeah. When Shorten was around, it was the same, and Elbow's the same. Elbow, he came out saying, yeah, I'm going to make change, and then did nothing, and people were like, oh, he's weak, he's got no backbone. Like, they ran on a platform of of hope and change against the government, but then never backed any of it up. And the Greens Party here, as much more left-wing as they are than the Labour Party, they also don't have a strong leadership that the normal, the average normal person is looking for so that they can stop thinking about their problems. And just like and in
0: America and the yeah. US, there is a solid disinformation campaign in the media to delegitimize
1: and to just make them some yeah. sort of outsider uh, the, joke. The Murdoch empire has a bigger share in the media here than they do in the US. So you think Fox News is bad. The vast majority of um, of newspapers and a lot of the I think Sky News. Yes, yeah, Sky News um, is directly owned by Murdoch. But then you have uh, Channel Seven, is not. I don't think it's a Murdoch-owned company, or I think it's a subsidiary or something like that. But they also shill for all of the Rupert Murdoch stuff, um, and so does Channel Nine. Like the vast majority of the TV news and media here, they're all right-wing. They won't give any platforms to like the Greens leaders and stuff like that. They won't show any strong leadership or anything that the people want on the left and I mean, the same goes on in the U S and that's why like Bernie has fl- like, he's flipped so much support from these like white working class, um, like rust belt sort of people, yeah. you know, from these de places. Cause he showed up and no one else did. Like uh-huh. he came to them and said, Hey, like, you know, I'm here to support you. And they wanted that show of leadership. And he came in person because if he didn't come in person, they wouldn't have seen him. They wouldn't have, you know, Nothing would be on TV. Like, that's why he has to go out and do these rallies all the time. And, yeah, like, these these right-wingers, they can be flipped. And, by God, they are going to be transphobic still. They're going to be ableist. They're going to be racist. And that's going to take time to change as well. You know, that's something that we can't... And, unfortunately, you know, I don't want to work with these right-wing people. But if we can break the programming, you know, that means that we can start building a society that doesn't... I think you, you know, can
0: break the program because beneath that is basically people coming to the same core conclusions as us and having the same emotional drive and similar experiences of hardship that have made them disillusioned yeah. with their
1: lives and current order. Yeah, there's also people that are, like, in the upper middle class and they're doing it fine and they're, they're not the people we're talking about. And it's hard you know. to get to them. Yeah. Whether and
0: most, A lot of them are inclined to be of that liberal mindset as uh, like yeah.
1: small l liberal yeah which I, is I
0: mean, harder to fucking deal
1: I, with i used to live in one of these areas the the very poor areas that are incredibly white here in melbourne um and there's a big sort of area it's just known as the pines there's big like uh very cheap housing that was built kind of in the 80s and stuff like that, and now has a whole bunch of people who are at the very bottom of society financially. And they're struggling. And I remember when I lived back there, I was transitioning at the time. And as my transition progressed, you know, I was, like, worried, oh, shit, um, am I going to get transphobia and stuff? But when I was passing to these people, we had so much in common, you know? Like, even if they were fucking, like, socially conservative, if they didn't realise I was trans... I was getting, I was, when it came to, like, anti-cop shit, when it came to, like, drug law shit, when it came to, like, prison abolition stuff, so on and so forth, they were all on board, you know, they were all on board as well with, like, wealth redistribution and everything, because they understand, like, being poor, they understand that, like, you know, they need to, like, they get all of this stuff, but they've been programmed to be distracted by their bigotry you know uh, by by whatever transphobia and ableism and so on and so forth or racism and misogyny that they have and like it it it's possible to get through to them you know it's possible for them to see that it's possible for them as well i've had some of the nicest people that i've ever met in this country have been the poorest people in this country um you know like i the, the people who give me the most shit who give me the most transphobia they're not poor you know, like I don't know if it's like that in other countries, but the poor people here have a very strong sense of solidarity and we can use that. You know, like we gotta reach out to them, we gotta tell them that there's an alternative in language that they can understand and process and let them organically come to the same conclusions and come to the same ways of thinking that like we have. You know, we can't force it on them. If we, we can't go up to them and say, He hey, hey um, here's this thing that'll defeat the evil capitalism in your life. And, and I don't you know, think we can come into it from that set yeah, of language. Yeah, no, we can't. Yeah, we have to come to it from language they, from their perspective, and can process. What you know. we
0: can talk about is a shared sense of hardship
1: and inequality. Yeah.
0: Something I'm, that, things that we, we all
1: experience. That's a huge part of this podcast that we wanted to do, is to use our experiences of being, like, really poor, as well as being on the left, um, to kind of talk about, like, that, cl- that sort of class solidarity and sort of, I mean, like, we're both disabled. I can't work. Um, you know, I'm living on welfare and stuff like that. Like, I, I think it was sort of a big part of this was using that to reach out to people, to kind of show a different perspective to people that may not know what it's like. And I don't know. These, you know, these, these people, these normal people, who come to these right-wing views but can accept that a lot of, <laughs> you know, they can accept that, like, in 2008, when the banks were bailed out and all that sort of stuff, but they were left homeless, that it was fucked up, you know? Like, they can accept that um, when, like, they can accept that the Flint water crisis is fucked up, for instance, and stuff like, even if they're blatant racists. Well, you know, like if they if they're living there, if they're poor, if they understand what that stuff is like, they have solidarity. But there's this huge barrier you can at of least political appeal.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing: is that you again, can we all we're talking about people who have a personal experience mm. with the deprivations of capitalism. Yeah,
1: a lot of people don't have that experience. And they're they're harder reachable. to reach. Yeah,
0: that's the liberal class. That's yeah. Like, that's the middle class in Australia survived the global recession mm. and was not severely disrupted. Yeah. We didn't.
1: We didn't really get hit by two thousand and eight super hard, just because our economy was like really tied to China.
0: Yeah. Um, so there is a level of removedness mm. from those sorts of hardships.
1: But Centrelink has been uh, the the base welfare unemployment rate hasn't changed since nineteen ninety five. So even though like the minimum wage has gone up, we tie it. it's like uh, a small group of economists and stuff that are independent from any political party um, have like decision making power over the minimum wage and it's adjusted every year to match um, match inflation and like cost of living in Australia. so it's really really good the way that they manage minimum wage but they haven't changed the welfare in 25 years and so. You know, until now. Until now in this pandemic where they've said they're going to temporarily increase it. Hopefully we can make it permanent. But now all these people, literally millions, like three million people in this country that are currently on Centrelink, people come on and off the the welfare, um, that have been through this experience, suddenly are seeing, oh, they've just doubled welfare. They could have done this the whole time, you know. They're suddenly seeing... Like, they may not have been through 2008, but they have been slowly ground down into very degrading poverty. No, exactly. You know, but they, but
0: yeah. there's a certain class of people who have not had that experience. Yeah. I'd say it's the middle class that's, like, people like my parents. Mm. You know, like a liberal, yeah. upper-middle-class, wealthy people who have not had to experience that. Yeah. Um, and then there's people like us who uh just by circumstance are kind of forced to deal with that mm. and there's other people and despite us having a political difference those people are more reachable because we have that shared experience yeah and even if they can't sympathize with someone else they have the personal hardship to understand to be able to intellectually yeah. understand that in a way that is harder when you do not experience that suffering it is yeah. harder to put yourself into the mindset of someone else and accept their pain as real and valid because you don't have to feel that and so you don't have the emotional grounding to accept that as anything it's as meaningless to you it's just something you're being told it's a story like anything else but people who have dealt with this you hope and (laughs) the the thing is that like the Murdoch press and things has poisoned the well in our public discourse
1: and the minds of people that, that's and that. we haven't been reaching out yes and no because the public the murdoch media has poisoned the well of the middle class but they have consistently treated those on welfare as dull bludges as people who are that's a leech true. and a parasite upon society and constantly in the media we get that you know that's all you see on most of the major news channels is poor people being treated like they're inherently awful people for being poor and that's another reason. I don't know what it's like in the US right now. You know, I don't know how, what poor, poor people's solidarity is like, but here in Australia, I mean, I I had an experience where I was with a friend just trying to come home and we walked past a homeless person. It was like, um, you know, can you get me, like, I was a coffee and rolling papers or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and... A complete stranger meeting two trans people, right? And I don't... I didn't pass. My voice wasn't passing at the time. You know, like, all day I hadn't been. And it was... there was no prejudice. She didn't understand us, but we we had a conversation with her, and we just chatted, and she immediately clicked as soon as I said, like, I haven't experienced homelessness. But at the time, I was really close to being homeless because... I, um, you know, my welfare wasn't really covering my rent properly. Everything was going to shit, like in my living situation. And I said that I'd been living on, on Centrelink on welfare all my, all my working life. I've never had like a job because of my disabilities. And immediately we just clicked, you know, straight away. She just got it. You know, she was almost crying, like, because we, we happened to just go to the nearby Seven Eleven and get stuff for her. But how many people are out there like that? who have been completely disenfranchised from the system, that are on the bottom of society. Like, that, they're so much easier to reach out to. But it almost feels like a lot of the people on the left, which, through no fault of their own, have not actually been in this position. You know, they've had a job. And they might have a lot of good views on, like, labour rights because their jobs treated them like shit, and they've come to, you know, these left-wing conclusions. Some
0: people have the ability... To come to these conclusions through theory, without through yeah. academia, through reading, yeah, without actually experiencing
1: like these and hardships, some people you are forced know, into,
0: yeah, without any of that, and come to the same conclusion because it all comes down to inequality yeah. and uh, exploitation and this kind of suppression of people. But mm. in doing that, in what like a capitalist system and a kind of Global oligarchy has done, in a way, as create is created the means for class solidarity, because they've created class. Yeah. By forcing us all into this situation, we have the potential all to all be in this together, mm. and to all fight to get out of it together. Yeah. Well, I guess what we're, what we're
1: divided to. by is by like you know minority status. Yeah. You like that is like. Yeah, that is the one big dividing barrier that makes it so that I just can't go out there and do a lot of the mutual aid that I would like to do, I because mean, I'm trans. You could, you know?
0: but you just you don't know when yeah. you open that door what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, it's like as I would love to do so much activism. I would like to work with these normal people, but I'm trans. You know, like never mind, never mind being plural, like having dissociative identity disorder and uh, being chronically ill. You know, and I, I like I, I'm lucky. I'm white. I could be POC. It could be even way harder to get through to anyone. Um, Like, I I have that privilege. And that's seriously, like, one of the only things that allows me to connect with these people. But once we connect, their prejudices fall away.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like, once they realise, oh, you've been through the same shit as me, like, you know what I'm talking about, like, they get it, you know? So once you meet some, like, you can have these things
0: knocked into your head these reasons, these prejudices mm. but actually once you meet someone who's different to you and you actually, oh they were nice yeah. to talk to, like I mean, it's harder oh. to
1: did you did you hear about the um, black I think it was a musician who was for ages like interviewing the leader of the KKK um, throughout like the 90s mm. and stuff I can't remember this dude's name, the KKK leader or the musician, I really want to look them up uh, but probably David Duke. Yeah, yeah, David Duke. Like, and this this dude just kept going over for lunch at David Duke's place, right? Now, David Duke is still a raving racist, Anti-Semise but he and anti yeah, everything. like that hasn't changed. But he went from like he invited this black dude to his like he let it happen, and over time they had more and more and more conversation. He eventually left the KKK, one of the most extreme <laughs> racist groups, and it just kind of to me makes me think that it's like, as this guy was introduced to somebody he had so much prejudice with, the more solidarity that he built, and the more he had in common, you know, with each other, the more these things started to fall away. And it doesn't mean that they're going to go away permanently. There's going to be a lot of educating and deprogramming, and society is going to take a really long time to get rid of bigotry. It may never go away. But... Class solidarity really, really helps. Yeah, like it may, it, it lowers a, the barrier to entry so much. It's you a know. common bond, and yeah. from that
0: is a starting point yeah. from which you can act. Because once you have that solidarity, and we are working together for mm. the same thing, we are facing if yeah. not the same, similar oppressions. You are then in like in. I mean, that's your comrade.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it. That's from there, what it is. You yeah. can
0: work with them and treat them in a way that is bringing them in and make, helping them yeah. be, find inclusive but, language and but, better ways to talk about yeah, these you things. Can you can of, work on it. You can sit a,
1: there and let them have their say, and you can sit there and be more open-minded to what they're talking about. You know, it, Like, it gives you an opportunity. Yeah. So, you have something yeah. to
0: work with, and you're not... I guess it's, uh, what we're saying is that you kind of, maybe we need to go in, kind of taking it on the chin a bit yeah. when it comes to what we might
1: get. It's definitely a lot to ask of people, though, but, you know, if, you, if you're if you capable of that, if you're in a situation where you can do that, and maybe and, it would be a good and, idea. And, I like,
0: know. I do think that, it's just hard to say, but... Yeah, with a certain amount of people, you can ju- you can correct them and say, "Hey, that's that's kind of not right. This is how it is." Yeah. and people will be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I've also encountered the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's <that's laughs> no guarantee, but once you're working, once you, if you come to someone and you're able to show them that you care about what they're going through, mm. and you actually have a good answer for how we can change things and fight this and make things better for them. And you also have these aid networks that might actually help them day-to-day life on a short-term basis. Because you're not just like saying, hey, sign up for this ideological fight that you may never live to see the end of. You can also say, hey, here's a solidarity. Here's a union. Here's people who are willing to help you get through day-to-day life Mm. and be less immiserated. Then... I feel like you've got the fucking goodwill for them to maybe, you know, use the correct language, (laughs) yeah, and be politically correct and to help them along that. But I think going in, saying, unless from the outset you can be, you can, you know, talk like you're in trans Twitter and not be problematic, we're gonna not help you. What do you mean
1: trans Twitter is extremely? (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, I mean, you use all the correct terminology. Yeah. Like, expecting yeah. people to be woke from the outset as a lost cause. Demanding yeah. they are. But shaming them. We kind also, of...
1: Also, we can't expect people to work with people who are bigots. No, but this is... If a, they are going to be... This yeah, is somewhere it's, that it's people, a two-way street. This yeah. is
0: somewhere that I feel like cishet people, cis people... Yeah. People... Like, other people who agree with us politically should also stand up and, and say... And use their privilege. Yes. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, they don't like to be referred yeah. to like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I had a Twitter thread recently where I was pointing out to cis people on the left that us trans people were really really radical, but we're also terrified to do anything, to you know, to join that group, to go like help here, to volunteer there, because we're trans, yeah. you know, and we're we're facing transphobia. So you unless don't... we know it's a safe space, you don't we... you don't know yeah.
0: what's gonna fucking happen. You yeah. don't
1: know if you're going to be merely invalidated
0: or assaulted but having
1: those cis allies around to make it a space where we at least have someone there to defend and protect us from this sort of shit means that we're then able to go in and you know and do our bit as well and that if we can apply that to reaching out to to normal people like that if we can apply that to reaching out to these folks And the people, us people that have some level of privilege, like me, I have my white privilege, you know, I might be trans, but there are people I can reach because they will accept talking to me because I'm white. Like, there's still, you know, if we can use the privileges that we do have to have shared solidarity and connection with people that we may not like and who may be shit people, there's only one way to change their mind. Yeah. There's only one way they're going to change it. We can't just sit here and go, okay, everyone who disagrees with us, we're going to murder at the revolution. (laughs) Because I mean, that the, the, the percentage come, of Twitter leftists, the percentage of leftists in general who are radical is so tiny compared to the size of the general population that we have to prepare for letting them assimilate and join our, our movements and for letting them fall down the same pipeline that I fell down when I was a right-wing shithole, you know, and I was, on, I was on 4chan and I was getting red-pilled. And I remember I came down that pipeline to left-wing shit because I'd been through shit and I met other people who'd been through shit, like, you know, transitioning and stuff, and it changed me. And we can't expect that, you know, like, everyone has to go down that pipeline and we have to start them. We have to get them, we have to get the ball rolling. And this pandemic is the perfect opportunity to get the ball rolling on people. You know, this is where we're all fucking struggling right now the perfect time for that solidarity to put into action everybody well, it's hard because we have to social distance though but everybody <laughs> you is know. scared yeah we have
0: that's an opportunity
1: yeah and it sounds manipulative but i just want people to be able to I mean, come to politics. their own conclusions we're still, yeah we're still dealing in politics yeah but we're, we're dealing with, with where
0: but our political aim is to help the most people we can yeah
1: yeah our political aim is to get it out there to people and even if even if they're still shitty people, if they go down the pipeline, you know then in five if, years they may be better people if you we, know, in five if, years they might be comrades if like also, I gotta... if
0: we if we abdicate reaching out to them mm. then they're adding the numbers into the people who are going to fight against what we want. Yeah. yeah. Is because... that we... Is that every, everyone is here... Everyone is a... Poten- we, we have potential allies. Yeah. And we shouldn't pass up the opportunity to bring them into the yeah. fold.
1: I guess something that needs to be pointed out, and I guess any orthcoms listening to this, if any of you somehow are, would probably have pointed out the same thing, that in a lot of these societies, uh, like the USSR... You have, or, or China for instance, you have these one party states or whatever, but people join the revolution who aren't revolutionaries. People will, you know, go, oh yeah, these people look like they'll help me and they'll like, but they're not inherently good people, you know? They're not inherently um, free of racism or ableism or any sort of bigotry. They're not inherently, they don't have a knowledge of political theory and any deep understanding that helps them um, have a bigger worldview that they can use to, you know, learn to accept people more. No, you have shit people who will still come to the left. Mm. And I guess you do. You have to be prepared for these people being, I guess, counter-revolutionaries. I'm I'm an insurrectionist, but, you know, the same deal applies. There's going to be people coming along who are going to, be bigoted and be counterproductive, but we have to find a way of teaching people and reaching out to them or society's never going to change. And we're just going to sit here fighting the state forever because we're not going to be able to do anything about it without popular support. Yeah. You know, like, we need to find a way of getting stuff out to people and changing their minds and countering all of the propaganda that's coming out of the capitalist class. And I think that's why, You you know...
0: Covid twenty nineteen, like the coronavirus Corbin syndrome, the zone, everything that we're mm. in right now, yeah, is the perfect opportunity because, like we we're talking about earlier, everything is becoming more granular yeah. just by necessity. Mm. We're working on local levels. This is also the time. Not it's, it sounds easy to say, but this is going to be fucking difficult for oh, everybody. Yeah. Is to try and create that community. Mm. Sense of unity and mutual aid and support, mm. and actually being because here's the thing it's not the virus, the virus is nature. It but this capitalist systems, the governments we're dealing with, yeah, are what is actually going to kill more people. Is that decisions yeah. they're making, the inactions, the systems they've allowed to perpetuate. The deprivations they've committed upon their populations yeah. have made us this susceptible and are going to increasingly put people in danger because his response is inadequate The things people are being put through is inadequate people have been so immiserated beaten down and deprived of what they deserve as humans in a society in a state they have not been provided they've been let to to suffer and so now is actually the chance where we can all recognise we're all being fucked. <laughs> yeah. And we're being fucked by the same mm-hmm. small group of people and these systems that have that are that have been collapsing very openly since twenty sixteen,
1: but obviously before that. They've been they've been collapsing since long before even two thousand and eight. They've been collapsing like, our entire lives. Like but the... it's just
0: becoming much more evident yeah. as all the fucking topsoil has come off and everything is sliding into the fucking ocean.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like um it's like the permafrost melting is like a yeah. perfect example of like how capitalism has it's been falling apart this whole time. It's been melting this whole time. But if enough of it melts then the whole fucking ground collapses. Or and you can clim- have entire <laughs> entire towns will end up swallowed up by or this shit, Or Climate change, know?
0: anything that didn't seem like such a big deal at you know, the start of our lifetimes. Is now evidently the only fucking deal, and it's going to kill everybody potentially.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, oh, good point to keep in mind as well. Climate change is still going on. Yeah, that's true. You know, like we have to, we have to make sure that like the problems right now aren't solved by with accelerating the climate crisis. Like the the oil industry now is fucked (laughs) because Saudi Arabia um, undercut the uh, production. I think. Well, I think what they did is they overproduced oil and they sold it at too cheap of a price. Um, compared to what the global oil cabal that controls the entire industry, OPEC, which is the governing body of all of the main oil-producing nations coming together on decision-making on how to produce oil. Saudi Arabia said, fuck that, um, made that oil way cheaper to undercut Russia, um, just made the whole system go out of order. You know, it's like, um, it's like when a country just blatantly breaks, say, say um, you know, the EU, it's like a country just does something that goes completely against the EU and says, fuck it, and we're leaving it. Like, it, that's how yeah. bad it is. So, like, the oil industry right now is fucking screwed. Everything is going is up in the air. No one really knows what's happening. And right now, we currently have a massive, like, drop in the amount of, like, uh, the amount of carbon that's being produced because industry has shut down and stuff like that. But, like, we got to fight to keep these changes that that are helping the environment after this pandemic. Like, we got to, like... Now is the time
0: to establish the new order. Like, what we set in place now also needs to take into account climate change. Yeah. And the positive impacts, like you're saying, we need to keep the fucking machines off to some extent.
1: yes and no. I think a big part of it is that, like, right now travel's been shut down. Like, planes are completely and utterly unnecessary. And they produce a shitload of carbon. Um, A lot of the time, planes can be... You can use a train. Yeah. You know, and the train can run on... If you get enough horses, you can move a plane across the country. it's It's so much more, like, energy efficient to do that. Or to use a ship. Like, if I was going, why do people fly to Tasmania... Right it's from where where it's it's only a 40 minute flight. Yeah, but also nice. what a what a waste of carbon, you it's know. Only 40 minutes. But you could just take a ship, it's, and they could it's make two one. Days. Sh- it's two on days. It's On the Spirit of Tasmania though, that's a, a cruise ship that's supposed to go slow. Yeah, well they and did. Have we could the... change the way that we organize traveling in society. Yeah, they, you know, there was a catamaran in the 90s mm. that could do it
0: very quickly, but Bass Strait is so choppy. That everyone was just incredibly sick, and it was just unprofitable because it was such a discomfort.
1: Yeah, for anyone that doesn't realize, we're talking about like the state in Australia, Tasmania, which is the island down the little, south. Little in the triangle, right. upside down, pizza shaped yeah. island. Yeah. Um, but these sorts of short distances we can travel by sea, the long distances over land we can travel by rail. We, we can so massively many, re- We don't need to use cars. We have so many know? camels. Wait, how many people are working from home right now and every aren't car transporting to work? With a camel. Yeah.
0: <sighs> from the desert. I mean, this is an idea of have had since I was 14. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, public, instead of cars, just have all the camels and you just strap them, you know, mm. one to another. How much horsepower does it And you camel, just have man. them constantly moving. So you just hop on. And like a camel train. It's a camel train. It's like, it's a, like a sushi train, train. but yeah. camels.
1: Okay. So you're basically like the travelators in, in airports yeah. made of camels. I mean, that's my—that's the idea I had. 14-year-old you sounds interesting. And uh,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of things I was avoiding thinking about, so there's a lot of interesting things I had to come
1: up instead. That's... Okay, that's fair. I mean, I was weird like that too. But, um... Like, cars, right? How many people are uh, commuting to work, who are now working from home. Yeah. we can And they could just be working th- from home. systems in place. Like, They're that, saving how much fucking petrol is not being used right now because people are working from home. It's, it's fucking huge.
0: I mean, like, I guess we are going to have a choice yeah. in, say, 18 months from now when this crisis is abated and we attempt it's to... It's going to re- take longer than that. They're going to make it, and then they've got to distribute the
1: vaccine. That takes longer. Whenever
0: we, as a society, attempt to return to some form of normalcy...
1: Mm. We don't want normalcy. No,
0: but... Normalcy's bad. There is going to be this attempt. Yeah. And it's going to be a big push. And we're going to... We're going to have to make a decision whether or not we're part of, like, death cult capitalism. Mm. And are willing to keep on knowingly doing the things Mm. that are going to destroy everything uh, that we know as it is or change or maintain the changes that we've been forced to make by necessity yeah
1: are we gonna just sit here and let exxon Mobil continue to exist or is someone gonna fucking go blow up their oil tanks like what's gonna happen here like we can't we have 18 months right where where things are shutting down it's like are we just gonna let these people walk all over us again because that's what they're doing we can't like let these giant corporations just get away with it
0: and things like
1: i mean like their
0: rent strikes we are people are determined to stop doing yeah these things which they do not want to do and we shouldn't do we should provide as a society for our people Mm. things like housing and yeah you know and people are coming to that conclusion refusing to pay yeah. rent
1: you know we, we mentioned it like earlier we, we were doing a recording and then we had a break and stuff but we mentioned that in louisiana in new orleans um they're new orleans. Or, yeah new orleans sorry i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> but all of the homeless people that are currently in shelters are being moved to empty uh hotels and houses i don't know what they're doing about the people on the street but it just proves that this whole time they could have moved all these people to houses and just given them places to like, live. Yeah, you know, exactly. This entire time, so th- people are going to realise this. Like, like,
0: in some way, action will be inaction. Yeah. If you decide to keep not... If we can decide, hey, we're still not going to pay rent, even yeah. when this is over. If you, if you refuse to go to work and only work from home, mm. you know, like, sit down. Yeah. That, like, instead of stand up, might be kind of some of the action that... It's necessary because there are some things that we should not yeah. keep letting ourselves <laughs> be need pushed a to do. strike. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this basically.
1: Is, this is what we're gonna call for. I mean, it. I guess what this is
0: what we are leading to. Yeah, we, by default, because these things won't. Yeah. Because we, we can't well, do these things. What is but happening to the but economy? But when we is, have the option yeah. to do these things again, yeah, to say no.
1: Yeah, like right now the economy is being ravaged, right, by an outside force. But if we have a general strike. We are weaponizing, destroying the economy. Yeah. That's what it is. You know, it's weaponizing, destroying all of the uh, profits from these companies that, you know, and that that donate to these parties and stuff like that. And like, we have to, we have to keep in mind that in order to fight for the world that we want, even after this pandemic is over, we're going to have to crash the economy. Yeah. Um, This is, I always talk about fucking dual power and stuff like that. This is where it comes in place, where you have uh, healthcare networks, education networks, uh, food and housing networks built in place, ready to go. So if everything goes to shit again, you have alternative ways outside of the state of providing people with what they need to live.
0: And this, just through necessity, is the time to make those networks start building these things that post-crisis If that future period comes, we can, like, formalise,
1: basically, and have as a secondary network. Yeah, and also, this is the perfect... Like, I had an idea recently. I have no idea why no one else is doing this right now. but a whole bunch of businesses are closing because of this recession or or depression. They're shutting shop. They're going to have to sell their assets, which means there's going to be a whole bunch of empty buildings with no one buying them, if we can get people that are homeless to, like, take empty housing for themselves, which is happening in LA and it's really fucking cool, why can't we, as... I'll say as leftists, but, you know, I'm not for full left unity. But why can't we come together to create co-ops in these empty, abandoned buildings to create things like protective masks and stuff like that? And then we have these networks of worker co-ops hopefully coming together in like a federation of like a workers councils and stuff like that why can't we just build these and have these in place now because right now what people need are jobs what people need is protective equipment medicine so on and so forth why don't we just fucking take the factories and do it ourselves they're literally empty there's no one in them it's not like it's not like how it's been for the last you know 20 years or so where these things have been up and running and you can't just take them by force you can't just do your communist revolution and seize the means of production now you literally can walk in there and seize the means of production there's nothing to stop you except the cops but they're so desperate right now because they need these masks they need all this protective equipment and gear they're not going to stop you they need this shit You know, they're probably going to nationalize industries in order to start making this stuff because this virus is fucking awful. So go out there and do it. You know, I feel like this is, like, something that we need to start, like...
0: Are you suggesting that people seize the means of production? Yes, quite
1: literally. (laughs) Like, you can just walk in there and take them because no one owns them right now. Yeah. Like, there's no one running them. There's no workers there. There's no, <laughs> there's no capitalists there. You can there. walk into a shop and take whatever <laughs> yeah. you want. Em- ex- well, yeah, you can. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, the, the means of production are literally just sitting there unused. So, like, can't we take advantage of that and create a better society by seizing this shit that's already there and in place and industrialized and ready to go?
0: Look, I do not know how to you know, run a factory or operate all
1: that machinery,
0: yeah. but it can't be that difficult. Yeah, and
1: I'm not, but- like, I'm not a hyper-industrialist. I think the industry in general is bad for the environment and shit. But it's a good place to start having worker co-ops and stuff like that going on and a good way to get jobs done and to get, right now, we need healthcare equipment. But we, we can't ignore it, you know. So I think this is, a meet for an immediate-term thing, a great way to get all of these sort of businesses networked together, um, you know, with completely, like, worker-owned places that are, you know, have socialist tendencies in mind. And, you know, like, people have been sitting there calling for revolution for fucking since the USSR collapse, going, oh, you know, what's gonna happen now? Like, you know, we can't let communism die, like, we have to have, the, the workers must rise up, and they've been sitting there in these tiny little, like, vanguard parties, like, wondering how they're gonna reach society. Fucking, this is it. Yeah, You know, this is literally what you're talking about. Like, you know, this is straight up, like, what what everyone has been waiting for for hundreds of years, for, like, 150 years. Like, it's the opportunity that is never going to come again after this pandemic, unless there's another fucking pandemic. Um,
0: this is the time. This yeah. is the age of... I was going to say the age of the worker, but it's not just workers. It's the unemployed. It's the disabled. It's yeah. everyone who has been immiserated by this system. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking you know.
1: unemployed people right now. Re- I'm, in, I'm in an unemployed workers' union, the AUWU, so there's uwu in the name. It's great. <laughs> um, and we represent Australian unemployed workers, but worldwide right now, if I don't know what country you're in that you're listening to this in, but people are going to be fucking laid off. There's going to be a surge in unemployment across the world. We need solidarity. We need representation for ourselves, and, you know, we can't strike from welfare, but if workers can strike in solidarity with us, if we can build these networks of, you know, these connections and these organisations and, like, start this now, we have to get people in. This is the perfect time to create that class solidarity. We can't let unemployed people not be recognised as people who need help. You know, we can't just split the world into workers and capitalists. It's workers and capitalists and the unemployed and the disabled who can't work and the people, you know, who are capable of working.
0: So it's not just workers. It's not just, like, workers
1: and other people. What we need to put first is that, like, we're people, and what second we is all, what kind of we people we We all deserve we are, you know? these things. Yeah. We deserve housing.
0: We deserve yeah. the right to water and food and utilities. Yeah.
1: Holy shit. Water is privatised. Yeah. Like, so many companies own so many water rights. People just don't have the ability to have... Cap- Water isn't free. Why isn't water free? Holy shit, it's not free. We need that shit to live. You will die without water in, like, a week. Yeah. You know? And (laughs) that's, like, what...
0: Bringing people together against... The people within the capitalist system have become... Are following an anti-human ideology. Yeah. It is opposed to human self-determination yeah, for the massive society also, to actually choose their destiny and to have access to the things they need as people to live. It's full
1: eco-side, though. Like, they're also... They also don't sort of just give a shit about the environment No, exactly. And, animals. and I think... And I, and I say, yeah. as, like, humanity, I also mean, like, life. the responsibility yeah. to life.
0: Yeah. Because sort of all
1: life has... <laughs> ironic, because, like, the people that call themselves, like, pro-choice and stuff like that, like... No, the people that are against like lives are the people that are like destroying the planet right now. It's not the people it is our who are on fire. It is
0: yeah, it is everything from insect life to fish to birds. Yeah. It's every it's everything and, living
1: and, that is yeah. under threat. And even at the if moment. you don't have like okay, even if morally you don't give a shit about these animals, you. We need them to live. Biodiversity is the only thing that is keeping the planet functioning. The whole thing collapses if there's not enough biodiversity because the food chain goes to shit, nutrient distribution is all fucked all over the world, and plants and animals that rely on each other in a symbiotic in order to live, just it all just fucks up and goes to shit. Yeah. You know, this is, like, humanity is the biggest extinction crisis that Earth has faced. Like, we are rapidly killing off animals faster than, like, anything else, other than, like, the KBG, um meteor, you know, that kill the dinosaurs. Like, w- even if you don't care about them in a moral sense and you have no spiritual connection or anything, you literally need this shit to live. The bees disappearing is a huge problem. <laughs> You know, it's not, it's not a small thing. Like the percentage of insect life, just that you find like 50 years ago, driving around on the highway, you would get bugs on your windshield constantly. You never fucking get a bug on your windshield now. That's true. I, yeah. I don't you know, know if I've
0: ever had that in the time I've been in the country.
1: Yeah. Like it's, it's fucking scary. Like life is disappearing. And these, these capitalists, they're not just anti-human, they're anti-life. No, they have, you know, they is, have developed the yeah,
0: anti-life equation is, and are trying to make sure that it is spread across
1: the world. Yeah, it is quite literally a cult of death yeah. and of, of destruction and of using, you know, even liberalism. I'm not just talking about the right wing here. I'm not talking about the neoliberals no, and mo- the fascists. I mean all the capitalists, yeah. you know. Capitalists, like, yeah, including the state capitalists. Fuck you, people who support the USSR. You also destroy the environment with industrialization. You know, this is what I'm talking about. Look, that that
0: giant hole that spiders keep crawling into that giant um, burning hole that the USSR set off. Like, like the one in
1: Kazakhstan? Yeah,
0: they like it. Yeah, they just crawl it, into the giant
1: burning hell hole. It's good, like, the spiders wouldn't go into yeah. the burning hole to nowhere. Yeah, you know what's on my bucket it. list is, like, falling down that, like, the cobra, the, the hole that went to, like, the centre of the earth, yeah. that they just stopped drilling, because they were like, we don't want to know what's down here. <laughs> the Cthulhu <laughs> hole. Yeah. But, like, no, like, even, it's, the, the concept that we somehow, like, dominate the planet or other the most highest species or anything. It's literally just killing off the planet, you know? Mm. And even if, even if you don't care about it, it affects your livelihood and your children's and their children's and their children's and all of the projections, you must see that all of the projections for climate change, right? They tell you what it's going to be like at 2100. They don't tell you what it's going to be like after 2100 because climate change keeps going and it's exponential and they're only giving you this short snippet of time and saying, yeah, we want to reach, like, 2.5 degrees of warming by this by this point of time. They don't tell you what it's going to be like in 2400. You know, when, like, it, it just keeps getting worse. Like, it's not just about our kids and their kids. The literal fucking planet is at risk here, and on a bigger timescale than our life. Yeah. Like, it's it's horrifying to think that we might be the the end of like end of history the end of history yeah literally people worried about nukes but like at least the planet can recover after a nuke you know even if humans can't like this is you know people were scared about a nuclear winter during the the cold war and like this is the nuclear winter that they were scared of like we're creating the the same hellscape the same like barren like lands that can't support life and, yeah, like, these these liberals, even the social democrats, the people who are for the capitalist mode of production that creates a hierarchical, dominant society in which some people have more wealth than others, and we, you know, the way that we extract resources is based on profit rather than based on sustainability. It's just going to keep going. And this, this plague is showing all of it. And we can't distract ourselves from the climate crisis, you know, by getting caught up in all of this other stuff that's going on, because this is the the one chance to actually change something about it without having to resort to terrorism.
0: And you know, you know, like because that's should. that's
1: um, maybe <laughs> we should let's not endorse <laughs> that, you know, on, on an official podcast. But like, we're not going to, you know, like if if capitalism stays strong throughout this pandemic, and it doesn't fall, and, you know, the the neoliberals and the fascists stay in power and all this sort of stuff. The only tactic we're going to have left is terrorism because there's going to be literally no point. There's going to be no time. There's going to be no time to fix this shit. And they know it. They absolutely know it. Even here in Australia, they've already started preparing by using language to describe anyone on the libertarian left as a terrorist and an eco-terrorist and displaying, like, you know, green terrorism as a biggest threat. And it's like, they, they know it. So, like, we need to do shit about this now before we have to start resorting to that. Because no one wants to get to that point. No one wants to, like, you know, get that desperate. And this is the one opportunity that we have to do something about this crisis before... Like, and mitigate the the carbon output by 2030 without having to, like, you know, straight up get to the point that we're... Um, you know, we're chucking bombs at oil refineries and stuff like that because they're just not again being shut down. I don't think we should rule that out. I don't think we should rule out. But <laughs> also, we you know, if if we can like get there without having to get to that point, I think that would be great. You know, it would be nice not to have to have a guerrilla war. <laughs> like no one, no one wants to do that to themselves. So like, let's take advantage of it. I'm Christ. not even. I'm not even a revolutionary. I'm an insurrectionist. It's just. Just fucking do it. Just go out there and do it. Just do the thing that you can do, that you want to do. Make a difference. The
0: word of the day is crisis opportunity. We may be in crisis, but this is an opportunity. And I think you should take that... I love you. <laughs> I think you should take that going forward. And when... Look, think about when you're listening to this uh, sabotaging oil refinery, using your anarchist hand bombs to blow up... Hand bombs? Mm- you know, like the ones that, like, killed Franz Ferdinand, like, those kinds the, of little... Those are grenades, babe. Like, but, like, in the old things, they're, like a they're little, also called it's grenades. a little, like, black bomb, and it's got, like, a little rope yeah. coming out. Yeah, those yeah. are grenades. When when you're dismantling the capitalist infrastructure with those, and listening evolves. to this podcast, you know, think about the Christ of Unity. Yeah, Christ of Unity. Anyway, um, I think that'll be probably... that's probably Yeah, we are the episode. Puppy Liberation Army... Um, um, I'm getting sleepy. I'm getting into puppy mode, um, deep political mode into puppy mode. Uh, we're gonna keep doing these podcasts to the because the world is like fucked. it is at the moment. <laughs> it is fucked, <laughs> and you know I think we're going to try and do media analysis as well. We've I've mm. downloaded threads.
1: Ah, uh, so we might look at that, and... I'll tell you, The Triffids was one of them. I've got The Day After. Some of those, after. like, 40s uh, left-wing American movies. That yeah. were like, kind of like, yeah, or like, um, was it uh, Liberatios? I can't remember how to pronounce it, but there was some, like, TV show about Catalonia. Yeah, you know, we've got, like you
0: know, we've got, like, a number of things to try and yeah. r- retain sanity and <laughs> drive you mad during this
1: crisis. Yeah, we'll do some, like, film analysis and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and...
0: You know, like just. I guess,
1: be safe. W- stay hands. strong. Stay yeah. angry. Yeah, stay angry. Yeah, exactly. Get mad. Get pissed. Um, don't. Don't know.
0: let this. It's hard because I've felt this, but don't let this sap your will to yeah. keep fighting.
1: Yeah. Turn turn that despair because into anger. More now
0: than any other time in our lives, we've all been scared of the same thing. Yeah. The capitalists also want the despair. We're all facing yeah. the same yeah thing, which means that we can all unite.
1: Yeah, but they're also they're they're trying to crush our like our spirit. Yeah, you know that's what they want. And when we get to that point where we give up, they win. And we can't let them win. We can't yeah. we can't let that happen. Even
0: you know. You know. Even if we can't win, we should make sure they lose.